Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening yo welcome in guys welcome back uh, this is Sports Gamble Ramble number 65. Today we're talking about the NFL free agency period. I told you guys I'm a real off-season nerd, and uh, that's why you're going to be getting a lot of episodes coming out pretty frequently. You know, I'm doing one or two a week right now because we just have so much going on and so much packed into such a small uh, time frame in the NFL right now between the scouting combine and free agency, and then the NFL draft comes right up. So I've got a lot to cover this time of year. I still owe you guys a scouting combine recap episode that will be coming, but I wanted to get this free agency preview out first because uh, the free agency period actually kind of snuck up on me a bit this year. Again, extra season in the uh, um, NFL regular season, you know, expanding to 18 weeks. Super Bowl comes a week later. Everything kind of gets pushed back. I've I've had less prep time. This is going to be a long episode. There's a shitload of stuff to go over as far as free agency, teams that have money to spend, teams that need to restructure and create cap space. And then we're going to talk about the actual names that are going to be moving teams this offseason and some of the players um, at the top of the free agency list that are going to be getting those big contracts. So we've got a lot to go over. I'm going to go over every position, but I'm going to you know, kind of combine some groups. For example, I'm not going to separate centers, guards, and tackles. I'm just going to knock out the offensive line all at once. Not many of you guys even know the names of many offensive linemen, um, so we're not going to spend that much time on it. This is going to be uh, more offensively focused as far as skill positions, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, a little bit of tight ends, but really those those big three core positions of skill players on offense is going to be the majority of the conversation. As far as the defensive side of the ball, I will be going over it. I will give you guys tons of names and available free agents, and then you can kind of apply this information to your own scope, your own perspective, your own team and their needs. But it would be absolutely impossible for me to go over all 32 teams and every positional need and every available free agent. Um, And again, on defense, really, you could make the argument that every single team in the NFL needs help at every single defensive position. Same with the offensive line. You know, it's going to be hard for me to really give you guys a prediction on where these linemen and these defenders are going to land. Because, again, 32 teams all need to improve offensive line and defense every single offseason. So it's a little bit easier to zero in on the landing spots for some of the skill players, which is why we might spend a little bit more time on them. So I hope you guys have an idea now of what this episode is going to look like. Again, it's going to be a long one. I'm going to be talking fast on this one. I'm going to be rattling off a lot of names and a, a, a lot of lists in this episode. So try and stick with me here. First things first, we have some um, you know shop cleaning to take care of. Uh, we want to talk about the recent news in the NFL. Um, I haven't recorded since Thursday. It is now Sunday, March 13th. And we've had a couple more trades take place this week. Um, first off, Khalil Mack, uh, outside linebacker for the Chicago Bears, got traded to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, all it took was a second and a sixth round pick. Obviously, the Chargers are uh, eating that contract, but they get an all-pro potential Hall of Fame pass rusher for a second and a sixth round pick. It's a great win for the Chargers. That's a very talented roster. We've talked about their opportunity to build upon the future with a young stud quarterback and a lot of talent on that team. Difficult division, but you know it just makes that arms race in the AFC West even more exciting. Uh, Khalil Mack going to be now on the opposite side of Joey Bosa on that D-line. You know, you can't double-team both those guys. So that's a big move for the Chargers. And then uh, the other trade that we saw come through yesterday on Saturday, I believe, Amari Cooper 
uh, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys is now headed to Cleveland to be a part of the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland obviously having a need at receiver. Um, Odell Beckham leaving this season and Jarvis Landry officially granted permission by the team to request a trade. So they need to get somebody in there. They got Cooper for super cheap. Obviously, they're picking up his contract as well, but Cleveland's got money to spend. And uh, the deal was Cooper and a sixth-round pick for a fifth and a sixth-round pick. So essentially, they're swapping six. They got Amari Cooper for just a fifth-round pick. Now, I just want to make a quick point here. There are a handful of teams that have need at the wide receiver position that have money to spend and have fifth-round picks. I don't understand how Cleveland um, – was the lucky team that that got Amari Cooper basically for free. Like, top of my mind, the Indianapolis Colts have the most cap space out of any team in the NFL. You're telling me the Colts wouldn't have sent a fifth-round pick over to the Cowboys, pick up Amari's contract, no skin off their back, and now they've got a nice wide receiver tandem between Michael Pittman Jr. and Amari Cooper to go along with Jonathan Taylor and whatever quarterback they bring in. I'm just saying there's a lot of teams, I think, that would have been interested in Amari and Cleveland basically gets him for free here with a fifth-round pick. Uh, you know, you got to think it's a good move for Cleveland. They obviously had a need at the wide receiver position. Baker Mayfield going into the last year of his rookie deal, it's really important for them to surround him with pieces. So obviously a win for Cleveland. Uh, Dallas moves on from Amari Cooper. Um, drafting CeeDee Lamb two years ago, he's the clear alpha in that offense now. Uh, they are going to try to re-sign Michael Gallup and possibly Cedric Wilson, who are also free agents this offseason. But I think this move was to clear Amari Cooper's contract off the books, get Michael Gallup back on a cheaper deal. You still have C.D. Lamb on his rookie contract, and that kind of helps Dallas out in the cap situation. Amari Cooper, up and down player, a little bit inconsistent throughout his career in Dallas, also inconsistent in uh, Oakland slash Las Vegas. Before that, he's a very talented player. He's been to the Pro Bowl. He's put up big numbers at times. He's also disappeared for entire games or, you know, week-long, month-long stretches at times. Uh, missed two games this year with COVID, some injury problems, lagging throughout the whole season. Kind of makes sense why Dallas would move on, given the other weapons they have on that team. All right, guys, that was quick work. Um, let's get into the free agency breakdown. First thing I'm going to do is just give you guys a general overview on some of the teams with money, some of the teams that don't have money. I'm not going to list all 32 teams, uh, but I'll give you an idea. We've got 11 teams at the top of the cap space situation with over uh, $25 million in cap space or more. In order, those teams are the Indianapolis Colts at number one. The Colts have 71 million dollars in cap space as it currently stands on Sunday. Uh, next up, Miami Dolphins at 49 million dollars. Seattle, 45 mil. Jets, 48 mil. Uh, I guess they move some stuff around. Um, the Bears, 36 mil. The Jags, 39 mil. The Bengals, 33. Raiders, 29. Broncos, 26. Panthers, 29. Uh, Steelers, 27. Okay, so that's the 11 teams at the top of the cap space with cap room over 25 mil. Um, there's some other teams right below them, Chargers, Cowboys, Eagles, Falcons, all in that 22 to 25 range. Okay, next let's talk about the teams that have zero money. There, there are uh, seven teams in the NFL currently at negative cap space. They actually owe money based on their current contracts, dead cap hits, they're going to need to do a lot of restructuring this offseason. Um, I'll go ahead and list them, and then I'll make a point about that. So in order, again, well, some of it's out of order. It was in order. Um, anyways, the Green Bay Packers are dead last in cap space. They're currently sitting at minus 43 mil in cap space on Sunday the 13th. Next up, the Los Angeles Rams, minus 20 mil. Minnesota Vikings, minus 15 mil. New Orleans Saints, minus 6.6. .6. Chiefs minus 6.2, uh, 49ers minus 8.9, Browns minus 3 mil, Giants minus 3.8. That's the seven teams. At, oh, one more. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, eight teams that are negative in cap space. Now, I said that I have a point to make about this. My point is that about three, four weeks ago, the New Orleans Saints were minus $71 million in cap space. 
they are now minus $6.6 million in cap space. They have not lost that many members of their roster. They're they're just moving this money around. And this is a point that I made on uh, SGR 64 for you guys that are listening. These teams are really, really good at manipulating the cap these days. Also, we're seeing the cap go up each offseason by roughly $20 million as the league generates more revenue. And, you know, it's just the expansion of the league in general, this collective bargaining agreement. This is how it's set up so that teams have more and more money to spend each year. So, you know, you look at a team like Green Bay, who's currently 43 mil in in dead cap and uh, still have yet to, I think, add Aaron Rodgers deal to the books. It's going to be interesting. Um, They look fucked on paper. Right. But something tells me they'll still have money to go and like sign a guy or two in the offseason. That's just kind of how this works. I don't really fully get it. Um, I'm not in a league office. This is just my outside perspective, but we can talk about the cap all day. I'm just not, I'm not sure if it matters. So uh, we'll see what these teams end up doing as far as spending money, but I want to start getting into the position by position conversation. And obviously we're going to start with quarterbacks here. I'm going to give you guys an idea of some of the QBs that are available on the market and maybe some of the teams that would be interested so obviously the quarterback market is the number one uh, headline this offseason. Um, it's been all the talk for the last several months. What's Brady going to do? What's Rodgers going to do? Is Wilson going to get traded? Is Watson going to get traded? Is Watson going to go to jail? Is Jimmy G going to get traded? There's a lot of stuff. Ben Roethlisberger retiring. Is Brady retired? Is Brady not? I know I mentioned him already, but there's a lot of shit going on here. Carson Wentz just got traded. So... The QB carousel continues here. I will first address uh, Friday, Deshaun Watson, cleared of all legal charges, not going to face criminal um, punishment. That's huge. We don't know yet if he's going to be facing uh, any sort of punishment or actions from the league as far as suspensions or what's going to happen. Personally, I think it's bullshit if he gets suspended. Legal things aside, I mean, he was cleared of his charges we don't know everything that happened. I'm not going to speak about facts that I don't know, but he was cleared of his charges. He already had to sit out an entire year and miss an entire season in the prime of his career. How can you suspend him for any more games at this point? I really don't I don't think that happens. I would hope that doesn't happen, but it is a conversation here to be had because he is clearly the number one linchpin at this point in the offseason at the quarterback position. There are a number of teams that need quarterbacks, and there are a number of teams being very aggressive as far as the reports that are coming out in making offers for Deshaun Watson. Off the top of my head, I know that Seattle, uh, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, and Philly, and Carolina are all pursuing Deshaun Watson right now. Then we talk about Jimmy G. Whoever doesn't get Watson's probably going to want Jimmy G. It's also going to depend on uh, teams that have the cap space, or excuse me, the draft capital to be able to trade for a guy like Watson. You'd think Watson would take at least two first-rounders plus some other picks or players similar to the Russell Wilson deal. Jimmy G you could probably get for like a second rounder, maybe some extra shit thrown in there. But the teams um, that are going to be looking into quarterback options this offseason, there's a lot of them. Uh, the clear ones that are like for sure needing a quarterback solution are the Colts, the Seahawks, the Saints, the Steelers, and the Panthers. Then we've got a couple other teams that I put like question marks next to. I'll throw in there. Tampa Bay is a question mark for me because – I'm still not sold Brady's retired. I still think that's up in the air and that's how I'm going to continue to approach it this off season. I just, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't know if the guy's done yet. And then uh, also just a couple quick question marks. Houston could be looking for a QB. They've said that Davis Mills is going to be their quarterback this off season, but you know, if they end up working out some sort of trade with Watson where they're able to get a quarterback in return that they like more than Davis Mills. I think they could be a player in that market and the New York giants. I'm going to throw in there. You know, I think that they're going to be giving Daniel Jones one last year here, but there have been rumors that they're interested in bringing in a guy um, to maybe give him some competition or perhaps replace him. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is actually a guy we'll talk about here that I think um, he's most closely linked to the giants uh, due to his familiarity with uh, Brian Dable Offensive coordinator last year in Buffalo had Mitch Trubisky as Josh Allen's backup. He's now the head coach in Buffalo or in New York, along with um, their new GM on the Giants is a guy from Buffalo as well. So there's a rumor that they might like Trubisky and might be bringing him in. 
Trubisky's a guy that's getting a lot of steam in the quarterback market right now. And it's really because outside of these trade candidates, there's not much left on the QB market. He's a guy people are looking at as having kind of a rough go uh, with Matt Nagy in Chicago, but they're not necessarily ready to blame it all on Trubisky considering Nagy has sucked for years. And Trubisky, you know, rebound year in Buffalo in a good system, kind of can mature a little bit. Maybe he's ready for another shot. I'm not sold, but I think that's how uh, teams are looking at him. He had flashes in Chicago, but I've just never really been a Trubisky guy. I still think it's embarrassing that he was drafted ahead of Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. It's not hindsight. Like, go back four years. How do you pick Mitch Trubisky ahead of those guys? Anyways, available free agents at the quarterback position. We've got guys like Trubisky at the top of the list. And then, you know, Jameis Winston, we'll see if he re-signs with New Orleans. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater should be out of uh, Denver now that Russell Wilson is there. Tyrod Taylor should be leaving Houston. Marcus Mariota is a free agent. He's another guy that I think is an attractive option for some teams like the Steelers, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Panthers. If they can't get in on one of these top level um, trade candidates, I think Mariota actually is probably a better option than Trubisky if you ask me. And then, you know, just the bottom of the barrel. I mean, Cam Newton at the end of his career, Andy Dalton at the end of his career, Jacoby Beef, Brisket, Brissett, Andy Dalton, Geno Smith, Blaine Gabbert, Colt McCoy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. If he decides to come back, I don't see it happening. I think he retires after an uh, injury wasted year in Washington, but those are all the available free agents. As you can see, not many attractive options. So, you know, I think Trubisky makes a lot of sense for a team like Carolina. Um, like I said, you know, maybe Seattle. I would hope Pittsburgh can figure something out that's not Mitch Trubisky, but it might even make sense there. I think a lot of these guys are just stopgap quarterbacks. If you have to settle on one of these free agents, you better be drafting someone, whether it's a first rounder like Willis or Pickett, or whether you take a shot on an athletic, maybe second round guy like a Desmond Ritter. Um, Matt Carell. There's some there's some QBs here. You know, people aren't that excited about the draft. But, um, you know, I think if you end up with a Trubisky, a Taylor, a Winston, a Bridgewater, a Mariota, you got to have a young guy that you're developing. Um, two more, you know, trade candidates that I want to bring up. Young guys that I think still have a lot of potential are in backup roles right now. Um, I mentioned them on the last episode, but Jordan Love is going to be getting interest, I think, in trade talks. It's just a matter of if Green Bay can get any sort of return. You got to remember two years ago, they traded up in the first round to draft this guy. And now they've got Rodgers on a, what, a four-year deal. So he's not going to play anytime soon. He's a cheap backup for them since he's on a rookie deal. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, he's getting floated out there in trade rumors. As, you know, just teams that are going to look into him team like Seattle or Houston that needs a total rebuild right now. I mean, it's not a bad option. On the other hand, a team like Indy, uh, Pittsburgh, you know, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, some of these teams that are more ready to win now, I just don't think that would make a whole lot of sense. And then Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew's a guy I think can step in and start for really any one of these teams. Now, again, Indianapolis, they seem to be um, wanting to contend right away. So I don't know if Minshew's exactly the guy. But I don't know if any of these free agents are the guy. I mean, I think Jimmy G is obviously the perfect fit in Indy. Um, they don't have much draft capital to trade. But, you know, if you can get a quarterback, you got to go do it. They definitely have the money to give them a contract, being at a plus 71 mil in the cap. So I expect Indy to be super aggressive. I'm really excited to see what Pittsburgh does. I've been talking about how this team, that team is basically a quarterback away from competing. They need to fix up the O-line as well. But I love their weapons and their defense. Um, I think Minshew would be perfect in Pittsburgh as well. Again, not sure if Minshew is a long-term solution, but you could do a lot worse for like a year or two, I think. And, uh, you know, Minshew performed well in Jacksonville on a bad team. So give him solid organization. I I'd like to see what he could do. And uh, I think um, Pittsburgh, the city, the culture, the fan base would embrace Minshew right away. And I think he would love it there. That blue collar town, I think he would absolutely love it. So, you know, that's a lot on QBs. We're 20 minutes into this. I'm going to move on here. We're going to start talking about running backs. There are a shit ton of running backs on the free agent market. 
Um, you know, it's a little bit tougher to find landing spots for these guys um, because really a running back is a position that's looked at these days as a bit of a pu- plug and play option. Um, it's not as vital to team success as quarterback, but we have seen running backs make a huge difference in some offenses recently. I guess first guy I want to talk about is James Connor. He's going to be available after coming off a really strong year in Arizona. Um, a lot of questions about his durability and his, his ability to handle a workload, but he had a great year in Arizona. And if they don't re-sign him, he should get another chance with someone. Arizona's actually losing their top two running backs this offseason with James Conner and Chase Edmonds. We'll see who they decide to re-sign. Perhaps both of them, perhaps one, perhaps neither. We will see. Um, but it's notable that Arizona is missing basically their entire backfield. So there'll be a team that's either looking to re-sign or – perhaps draft or make another free agency move. Like I said, there's a lot of free agents available. So let's just run through the gauntlet here. Melvin Gordon, probably the top guy. Um, Questions of him being washed going into Denver, but it looks like he's had two pretty solid years. I think Denver moves on because Javante Williams, second year running back, is ready to take over that backfield in a big way. But Melvin's a guy, looks like he still has some gas in the tank. Um actually think he'd be better in the complimentary role. I don't think he's a total workload, but I think you could say that about a lot of these guys. Um, but I think he still can contribute in a backfield in a big way. Uh, James Conner, again, I just mentioned. Leonard Fournette is another guy very interesting. The Bucks. I'd hate to be the Bucks GM this offseason because, like I said, I'm not buying that Brady's retired, but we just don't know. It's got to be difficult to you know, kind of have a game plan of how to move on with this team um, and specifically from an offensive side of the ball, I mean, are you w- trying to win now? Or are you trying to rebuild? Who's going to be your quarterback this offseason? So we'll see. But they're losing Fournette and Ronald Jones on contracts this offseason. So, again, another team with big question marks in the backfield and big question marks at the quarterback position. That's a team that could go in two totally different directions this offseason in Tampa Bay. Let's keep going with these available running backs. Cordell Patterson, after a uh, eighth-year breakout, one of the rare, uh, super-delayed time-fuse breakouts that we've seen in the NFL, he's going to be leaving Atlanta and trying to get paid. I think it would be a mistake for anyone to pay him. Uh, One good season in eight years doesn't get you a contract, in my opinion. And there was nobody else in Atlanta, so he had to kind of carry the load. I don't know if another team's giving him that kind of workload. Sony Michelle available, leaving the Rams. Philip Lindsay is done in Houston. He will try to move on. Uh, David Johnson also leaving the Texans. Tariq Cohen is done with the Bears. Raheem Mostert coming off a week one ACL tear, trying to rehab and get another deal. It sucks for him because he he definitely just had his peak of his career in the 49ers system, and he won't be doing that again with another team. Uh, the injury doesn't help him either, but it's just, you know, Kyle Shanahan's a plug and play coach and uh, he doesn't really value running backs because he knows he can get production out of anyone. Uh, it's a tough break for most journeyman, like seven years in the league, finally hits it big, then gets injured, can't get a contract. James White is a free agent. Devontae Booker is a free agent. Uh, Boston Scott back up for the Eagles is a free agent. Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman, both free agents with the Ravens. Marlon Mack will no longer be backing up Jonathan Taylor. Jeff Wilson, another 49ers running back that will be hitting free agency. J.D. McKissick, running back and pass catcher for the Washington Now Commanders, is available, although there's rumors that they want to extend him. And Darius, excuse me, Daryl Williams, uh, the Chiefs running back, he's going to be on the market as well. And one last guy I want to talk about here, Rashad Penny had a very interesting ending to the season. He is a guy, he was in the final year of his rookie deal. The Seahawks traded up into the second round to take, or in the first round to take him. He did nothing his first three years, had injury problems. Then all of a sudden, I think last month of the season, he's on pace for like 2,000 yards. He's rushing for 150 a game and carving up defenses in Seattle. Um He really got hot at the right time, but it's going to be interesting to see what kind of contract, what kind of offers he gets this offseason, considering Seattle's in a major rebuild. He's probably not coming back there. He disappointed them for three and a half years. And, you know, is a team going to buy into that small sample size of dominance or are they going to look at the first three and a half years of his career? So we'll see. But Penny's a big question mark this offseason. He could be a guy that a team tries to get – 
on maybe a cheap temporary like one year prove it deal and see if he can keep that momentum going. But the teams that I have looking for running backs this offseason, I mentioned Arizona um, is losing their entire backfield along with Tampa Bay, losing their entire backfield. We'll see who gets re-signed in those two situations. I think they're both big-time landing spots in good offenses, uh, depending if Brady's back. And then um, teams with very obvious needs. I mean, Miami's got no one in the running back position, and they have a ton of cap space. I would not be surprised to see them sign one of these top guys like a Gordon Fournette or Connor. And uh, who else here? Atlanta losing Cordero Patterson, Mike Davis. Davis not doing anything for them. They have a huge need. Atlanta has needs at every skill position outside of tight end and quarterback. And then there's also teams uh, like the Texans and the Jets that need help everywhere. They'll be looking for some running back help most likely, but they they need help everywhere, like I said. Um, so Buffalo also is a team that I have in consideration here. You know, they have uh, – Devin Singletary is a serviceable back, but I think they need to make that run game – stronger to complement Josh Allen and the rest of that offense if they want to be taken um, as an elite threat in this league. I mean, they already can win with the running game that they have, but I think if they improve that and they make that even more of a strength and balance out that offense, it just takes that team to the next level and makes them much more well-rounded. Also, playing games in the winter in January up in Buffalo, don't you want a physical running game? So Fournette would actually be a very interesting fit in Buffalo as well. Um, a lot of these guys are kind of plug and play, you know, committee backs, but a lot of these guys can serve roles in offenses. And we see a lot of running back committees, you know, you want a thumper, you want a pass catcher. So a lot of these guys are going to get, you know, kind of niche roles in offenses. Um, I mentioned Miami, I think should be the biggest player in the running back. Cause if they don't sign one of these guys, I expect Miami to spend probably a second round pick on one of the top running backs because, um, Mike McDaniel is the new head coach in Miami. He's coming from the Shanahan system. And I think he's going to want to build that offense around a running game and have Tua try and kind of fill that game manager, Jimmy Garoppolo kind of short passes, quick passes, accurate, get the ball moving, distribute it into your playmakers, build upon the running game, get the ball into Jalen Waddle's hands maybe sign another receiver this offseason. We'll see. We're about to get into the receiver conversation, and I have Miami as a top candidate as well. Um, but with McDaniel coming in, I think he's really going to want to build around the offensive scheme and that zone run scheme that he took from Shanahan. And I think a, uh, a top running back free agent or a uh, high draft pick would do Miami a lot of good. So, guys, I'm going to take a quick pause here. Um, we're coming up on about uh, 27 minutes, and i got to take a break, and then I'm going to come back. We're going to go over wide receivers and keep this train rolling. Thank you for listening. All right, I'm back. Let's talk about the pass catchers in this upcoming free agency period. Now, as we get into some more of these positions here, um, you can make the argument, again, half the teams in the league need pass catchers. So this list is very long. Uh, I've got Miami, Philadelphia, Detroit, New Orleans, New England, Las Vegas, uh, Kansas City, Jacksonville, Houston, Indy, Cleveland, Chicago, Green Bay, and Atlanta all looking for receiver help this offseason. And there's probably some other teams you could make the argument for. Um, so going to be, again, difficult to predict landing spots. I will give you a couple predictions here on some of the top names. Let's get into those names. Um, you know, this was looking like a pretty loaded receiver class at the beginning of the offseason, and then a bunch of guys got franchise tagged. So Devontae Adams, franchise tag. Chris Godwin, franchise tag. Mike Williams of the Chargers, uh, I believe a three-year extension. So a lot of these guys getting locked up. Um, but the guys that will be hitting the market are Allen Robinson of the Bears coming off a terrible season there, but just a gross offense. Not much opportunity. Will Fuller of the Dolphins um, coming off a disappointing one-year deal with Miami. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is leaving Pittsburgh. A.J. Green after a lackluster one-year in Arizona. He's been washed up for three years. Please, 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 nobody pay A.J. Green. He is done. T.Y. Hilton, another guy I think might be done at this point, probably considering retirement. Played his whole career in Indy. I don't know if he wants to sign with another team, but he's available. 
And then, you know, pretty big drop-off here. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders at the end of his career. Sammy Watkins uh, disappointing his entire career. Zay Jones, actually a guy who played decent for the Raiders last year. I might see the Raiders re-signing him, but he will be available. Jamison Crowder is available after kind of getting replaced in New York by Elijah Moore. Odell Beckham's available. I don't see him going anywhere, but back to the Rams coming off a, uh, what, torn ACL, torn Achilles. Um, I think it was an ACL in the Super Bowl. Uh, he already said he would take a cheap deal to come back to the Rams. It's where he wants to be. He loves playing uh, in the L.A. market. He loves playing with Stafford. I think he fits there really well. Um, so OBJ, I would expect to just come back to the Rams on a cheap deal. Uh, DJ Chark is available from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Michael Gallup, I mentioned at the top of this episode with the Amari Cooper conversation, it looks like Dallas is going to do everything they can to re-sign Gallup, but he is available along with Dallas's other ancillary receiver, Cedric Wilson. Um, to another uh, receiver duo leaving the same team, Ellen Lazard and uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling are both free agents for the Green Bay Packers. I would expect Green Bay to re-sign both those guys. Aaron Rodgers really likes both those guys. Again, Green Bay, like, minus 43 mil in cap space right now. So we'll see what they do to free up space. And then a couple guys not looking to get big deals. But Russell Gage was a starter for the Falcons. He's a free agent. Jacoby Myers, starting slot receiver for the Patriots. He's a free agent. Wouldn't be surprised to see the Patriots signing him back as well. He fits that slot role pretty well. But they should be looking to add some more explosive pieces to the offense. Deshaun Jackson is the last guy I want to mention here. He's a free agent after playing for the Rams and the Raiders this past year. So really, like I said, a lot of these guys are ancillary pieces. I don't see many of them going to have big impacts aside from uh, probably Gallup, OBJ, Allen Robinson, maybe Juju, maybe Will Fuller. Um Robinson, I think, makes a lot of sense for a team that already has a clearly established number one, probably a speed option at the number one position, and they just need to get kind of a solid go-to reliable veteran receiver. I think the Chiefs make a lot of sense for Robinson, considering they have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and not much else at the receiver position. You know, Hardman, Robinson, Byron Pringle, those guys are kind of just meh. And uh, Robinson can be that go-to consistent guy that I think they wanted Sammy Watkins to be for them. So that is an option to me. I think also Miami is a big-time player at this position, like I mentioned. I think they're really going to want to surround Tua with some pieces going into his third year. And they have the second most cap space in the league. So that would make a lot of sense to me. Uh, The Jets are a team that a lot of people have going in on a receiver this offseason. I don't really see it. Um, they just signed Corey Davis last offseason. Hopefully he can come back from his injury. They just spent a second round pick on Elijah Moore last year, who I think has potential to be an elite weapon in this in this league. Um, we'll see what the quarterback situation looks like because I'm not a Zach Wilson guy. Uh, but yeah, a lot of these teams um, at the top of the cap space don't really need receiver. Indy, I think, could make a play to guy. Um, maybe Allen Robinson looks good in Indy also as like a veteran guy to put it next to uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Um, But this is not really an exciting receiving class either, to be honest. I think a lot of the top free agents this offseason, to be honest, are on the defensive side and the O-line. So we'll see. But like I said, I'm not really that excited about a lot of these guys. I think half of them should retire when it comes to A.J. Green and uh, T.Y. Hilton. Um, Robinson, I guess the big question, you know, is he washed up because he's coming off a really, really bad season in Chicago and I made the excuses for him, but he's getting towards the later years of his career where it is going to be a question mark. Uh, Will Fuller has not performed well besides the season where he was on steroids. So we'll see about that. But, you know, none of these guys really, somebody's going to get overpaid, but that's the thing. They're going to get overpaid. Because you do need pass catchers, and uh, it, there will always be optimism if we can just get our quarterback another weapon. But a lot of these names just don't excite me. And, uh, you know, I've got Philly as a team that really needs a receiver this offseason as well. And, I, you know, I just don't really want any of these guys. I failed to mention Christian Kirk is a free agent wide receiver. And to be honest, he's maybe the most attractive name available because he's young, he's coming out of his rookie contract. He's performed well in times in Arizona, 
um, just been kind of overshadowed by some of the other pieces on that offense, specifically DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. But um, Christian Kirk's a guy, again, you know, I'm an Eagles fan and I look at this, I think he'd be a great pickup as a, a reliable, you know, get kind of a 1A, 1B option with Devontae Smith and Christian Kirk. Now, look, I know that doesn't really put the fear into the hearts of any defenses at this time, but it's a big upgrade from what Philly currently has with Jalen Rager and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Both those guys can fucking, oh, my God. Fuck you, Howie. Anyways, these receivers are a little bit gross. So um, I talked about some of the big names. I mean, Juju is a guy who I think is going to get paid by someone, whether it pans out, I'm not sure. I think Atlanta makes a lot of sense if they can pay Juju. They have a ton of need at receiver with Calvin Ridley being suspended for a year. I guess I failed to address that at the top of the show. That opens up a ton of holes in Atlanta's offense. They really have no one besides Kyle Pitts right now at a pass catching standpoint. And again, they're losing Russell Gage this offseason of free agency. So um, Jamison Crowder, I think, would be a cheap option that can come in and contribute at the slot position for a lot of teams. Is Emmanuel Sanders washed? Probably. He's pretty old. Didn't really work out in Buffalo. Sammy Watkins, I don't get excited about that guy anymore. And like I said, I think Lazard and MBS both go back to Green Bay. Deshaun Jackson's at the end of his career. DJ Chark's an interesting guy. I'd take him in Philly as well, maybe on a one-year prove-it deal. I don't know if any of these guys are going to get big long-term deals, though. Um, Probably none of them, honestly. And I just want to talk about the draft real quick. There's a lot of really good receivers in the draft. I think a lot of these teams are going to be looking to go younger and faster. Let's get into tight ends as we keep this probably record-setting episode going. Tight ends. um, Available tight ends. Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski, Jimmy Graham, CJ Uzama, Eric Ebron, Kyle Rudolph, Gerald Everett, Blake Jarwin, Robert Tunyon, Mo Alley-Cox, Uh, Hayden Hurst, O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, Max Williams from the Arizona Cardinals. Again, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that need tight ends. There's really only three or four, you know, elite tight ends in the NFL, and everybody else kind of needs one. Um, The Cardinals are a big one. If they don't re-sign Zach Ertz, they could be looking. I do think Zach Ertz goes back to the Cardinals. That would be my prediction for him. I'm not going to put Ertz on any other team. He got traded there halfway through the season. He actually had a really good second half of the season in that offense with Kyler Murray. And I think he makes a lot of sense for that team. Max Williams coming from the Cardinals. I think they'll probably try and re-sign him. He shouldn't be that expensive. He's a really good blocking tight end was actually having a good receiving year until he got injured this season. I don't know if uh, teams outside of Arizona are going to be looking to pay up for him, but I think Arizona likes him. Gronk's a free agent. Big question mark. Again, I have no clue what Brady's doing. If Brady's back in Tampa Bay, so is Gronk. Does Gronk want to play without Brady at this point? I don't know. I mean, there's rumors about uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati, I think, being two potential landing spots. Gronk came out and said publicly he'd like to play with Joe Burrow if he had to play with another quarterback besides Brady. And also, I think Buffalo's making a big push as uh, Gronk, born in Amherst, New York, right outside of Buffalo, um, would be kind of a nice ending of his career to come back um, and end his season, end his career, excuse me, with the Buffalo Bills. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Jimmy Graham, you know, super old. Don't see that really working out. CJ Uzama is interesting. I think if the Bengals don't re-sign him, we'll see where he goes. But um, he had a really good year this year with the Bengals, obviously going to the Super Bowl and being a contributing piece for Joe Burrow in that offense. A lot of these other guys are just kind of names. I mean, Robert Tunyon had one year with the Packers. I don't think he's anything special. That was probably a one-year wonder. O.J. Howard has not produced after being a first-round pick in the draft out of Alabama. Evan Ingram, most overrated player in the history of the NFL. If you think Evan Ingram is going to come into your team and make an impact, you are wrong. Kyle Rudolph, end of his career. Eric Ebron, end of his career. Gerald Everett, a constant disappointment. Blake Jarwin, Decent talent, has had time, um, struggle staying healthy at times. Uh, pretty athletic for a tight end. Uh, was uh, in Dallas the last four years. We'll see, but not probably not a, a stud that you're going to get. Hayden Hurst has underwhelmed me. Mo Ali Cox is a guy I'd be interested to see where he goes. He's a giant. He's like 6'8", former uh, basketball player at Virginia Commonwealth, I believe. But really, the only two guys I see as like legit starters at this point in their careers is Ertz and Gronk. I don't really have many predictions. There's a lot of teams. I mean, Arizona, Jacksonville definitely need tight ends. Again, if Hurts goes to Arizona, that's locked up. 
Um, but Jacksonville, uh, I think the Chargers could use a tight end for Justin Herbert if they don't believe in Donald Parham being ready to take that full position. Tennessee's been missing the tight end position since Johnny Smith left. The Giants have nothing. They're going to want to get Daniel Jones a tight end. Um, the Redskins maybe or the Commanders or whatever, uh, depending on if they're invested in Logan Thomas for the future. Again, the Bengals, if they don't sign Uzama, the Jets could use a tight end. The Seahawks have nobody. The Packers could use a tight end if they don't re-sign Tanyan. Uh, the Bucks are going to be losing Howard and Gronk, potentially. And the Carolina Panthers have nobody but Ian Thomas. So all those teams, I think, could use tight end help. Um, it's just not a great market. There's only, like I said, a handful of really effective tight ends in the NFL. So I hate to keep taking pauses, guys, but my laptop's about to die. So I got to take another one and I'll be back in two seconds. All right. As we head into minute 40 of this episode, I am going to give you guys the offensive line and then we're going to run through the defense. So, again, a lot of teams that need offensive line help. Almost everyone in the league at the top of my list, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Atlanta. Buffalo, and then the teams that need help everywhere, you know, Houston. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, there's a lot of teams here. Carolina needs a lot of help on the O-line. Uh, so we'll go through some of the top available guys. Look, there's a billion offensive linemen available. I'm only going to name, really, the guys that you'll probably recognize. So top of the list, um, Teron Armstead, the uh, offensive tackle for the Saints. He's one of the top free agents overall in this class. Some people have him ranked as the number one. Should get a massive deal to play offensive tackle for someone. The Saints, not a whole lot of cap space looking like they're going to lose him. Uh, Brandon Scherf is an all-pro right guard from the Washington Commanders. He is hitting the free agency market again, should get a big payday. Roger Saffold is one of the better offensive guards in the league. The Tennessee Titans just cut him this past week to save cap space. He should get a deal from another team that can afford him. Ryan Jensen is leaving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is their starting center. We'll see if they want to re-sign him. He was a very integral part of that uh, powerful O-line that helped them win the Super Bowl just a year ago. Um, they also lost uh, one of their offensive guards, Ali Marpet, who retired at the age of, I believe, 28. A little bit of a move that uh, shocked a lot of people around the NFL and shocked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they're going to be looking to retool that offensive line this offseason. Colts offensive tackle Eric, Eric Fisher. Uh, former number one overall pick to the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I think nine-year veteran in the NFL. He's a free agent. Andrew Norwell, offensive guard for the Jacksonville Jaguars, probably one of the best off, uh, players in general on that roster. He'll be a free agent. Dwayne Brown, offensive tackle from the Seahawks, will hit the open market. Riley Reef, offensive tackle from the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Lakin Tomlinson, offensive guard from the San Francisco 49ers. John Feliciano, offensive guard from the Bills. And Morgan Moses, offensive tackle for the Washington Commanders. Those are some of the top available free agents. Look, again, every team needs O-line help. I'll tell you off the top of my list here, teams that have money and have O-line needs and have the ability to compete this year, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh at the top of my list. As we see, Cincinnati currently has $33 million in cap space, Pittsburgh right below them at 27 mil. And these were two teams that were really held back by their offensive line this year. Specifically, let's talk about the Bengals. They're obviously the headline grabber. That offense is fucking ready to go. Defense played pretty well throughout the playoffs. They got all the way to the Super Bowl and honestly should have, could have, would have won if the refs didn't get involved in the last minute and 30 seconds of that game. Uh, really what prevented them from being able to put that game out of control was the fact that their offensive line sucked donkey dick. The entire playoffs and the entire second half of that Super Bowl, they absolutely imploded. Joe Burrow had no time. Uh, if you look at actually that final fourth down play that decided the game, if Joe Burrow has another half a second in that pocket, he hits T. Higgins down the fucking field for a game-winning touchdown. He was wide open on that play, uh, but he didn't have the time to get the ball down the field because his O-line sucks ass. So I think the Bengals spent big time on the offensive line. 
probably trying to grab a guy like Armstead Scherfer Saffold to really anchor that team. I think that's obviously their number one need this offseason. So they are the team that I'm really going to focus on here for this offensive line conversation. Also, Pittsburgh. We'll see what they do at the quarterback position. But after watching that team the last two years with their offensive line struggles, they need to address it in a big way. Najee Harris is a stud running back. And uh, he has nowhere to go because that offensive line cannot create holes for him. Um, We uh, have seen that uh, offense struggle in general. I mean, Big Ben had no mobility and no O-line. So all the passes had to be out of his hand in less than two seconds. That's no way to facilitate offense in the NFL. So I see those two teams being ultra aggressive. Also, Jacksonville's got some money to spend and they really need to help out Trevor Lawrence because he had uh, no time last year and no one to throw it to. So those are some of the teams I think will be ultra aggressive. Buffalo could use some offensive line upgrades. Atlanta and Tampa Bay, like I said, Carolina has maybe the worst O-line in the league, and they have some money to spend as well. So, yeah, let's move on. That's the O-line. You guys don't care. We'll get to the defensive side of the ball. We'll We'll start talking about defensive line. Now, these next three categories, defensive line, edge rushers, and linebackers, some of these guys are kind of overlapping. It's tough to really pin down a specific position. I have grouped most of the defensive linemen together as far as ends and defensive tackles. I will I will clarify for you guys. And then also, like I said, there's sort of an in-between. Is he an edge rusher? Is he an outside linebacker? Is he a defensive end? There's some guys in there. So let's run through all these uh, you know front seven players and talk about the teams that have the needs there. Uh, defensive line will start there. Calais Campbell's about 50 years old, but I think he wants to keep playing in the NFL and he's playing at a high uh, level. So let's, you know, as long as Calais Campbell wants to lace him up, we'll keep him in the league. He'll probably get a one-year deal somewhere if he doesn't go back to the Ravens. And then uh, Jason Pierre-Paul is a free agent. Again, Tampa Bay losing a lot of guys this offseason. They were kind of a team that had extended a lot of veterans on one-year deals last year to keep the Super Bowl window open. It's a big question mark, like I've mentioned. If Brady comes back, do they try to extend that winning window, or do they have to rebuild? Uh, Dante Fowler Jr., uh, top first round or former first round pick in the NFL draft, has bounced around a couple of teams. I think he's leaving the Rams this offseason. Akeem Hicks is a defensive tackle for the Chicago Bears. He is a free agent. And Dominic and Sue, another uh, uh, defensive tackle, is a free agent, again, from the Buccaneers. Uh, Jadavion Clowney, defensive end from the Browns, coming off one year with the Browns, he will be a free agent. Emmanuel Ogba, defensive end for the Miami Dolphins, underrated player in my opinion. He's a free agent, along with Larry Ogunjobi, one of my favorite names to say in the entire league. Uh, both defensive tackle. Ogba's an end. Ogunjobi, I think, is a tackle. Or, yeah. uh, Sheldon Richardson, defensive tackle. Jaron Reed, defensive tackle. Brandon Williams, defensive tackle. Eddie Goldman, defensive tackle. Vernon Butler, defensive tackle. All available on the free agency. And then we look at some of the remaining defensive ends. Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, and Derek Barnett are some of the available free agents here. Derek Barnett will get overpaid by someone. He's still pretty young. He's a former first-round pick that did very little in his time with Philadelphia, but he's athletic and he can contribute as a rotational pass rusher. He will get more money than the Eagles will be willing to offer him, and he will probably underproduce. That being said, there are some names here that I'm pretty interested in, and these a lot of these guys are veterans that I think you know you can plug on a defensive line and really help out one of your stud pass rushers. You know, for example, if a team like the 49ers wanted to go and get uh, you know, one of these defense, like a guy like Clowney, who doesn't necessarily rack up huge sack numbers, but he's a guy that you have to worry about on the O line. And if you put him on the other side of a Nick Bosa type talent, he can really help that guy out. So I think that guys like this serve a big purpose. Not many of them are the elite sack artists, but those guys don't really hit free agency all that often. A guy that I'm really interested in, and again, from a selfish perspective, the Eagles need help on the O-line, and uh, Emmanuel Agba is a guy that I mentioned being underrated, in my opinion. He's flown under the radar in his time with Cleveland and Miami throughout the NFL, but he had a pretty productive season in Miami this past year, and uh, I can't for the life of me understand why Miami would try and let him go, especially considering that they have 49 million dollars in cap space but if he hits the free agency market he's a guy that i think can start for a handful uh, not a handful probably half the league he could start on their d-line 
And in Philly, he'd be a great rotational piece because we love keeping those uh, pass rushers, uh, you know, rotating in and out. Um, he'd fit for a handful of teams. I, Philly just comes to mind because I think he's the kind of player that we need. They're versatile, can play almost any position on the D line, would not be overly expensive. Um, Calais Campbell, like I mentioned, he's an old guy. I think he should probably just go back to Baltimore. I don't know if he wants to switch locker rooms, but he's a stud and probably a Hall of Famer Sunday. Uh, and Dominic and Sue still has a lot left in the tank. Akeem Hicks still has a lot left in the tank. There's some really big bodies, specifically at the nose tackle, defensive tackle position here. Sheldon Richardson is a load. Jaron Reed is a big, big fucking guy. Uh, Brandon Williams, strong defensive tackle as well. So there is a lot of talent at the D-line position here. This is also a very stacked defensive line draft. Maybe the strongest position in the um, draft this year is the defensive tackle, defensive end, pass rusher position. So it's going to be interesting to see teams that have needs on the O-line, aside from all 32 teams, specifically Atlanta, Houston, Jacksonville. They need help everywhere. Uh, Buffalo could use some more pass rush to help that defense out. Um, losing Jerry Hughes this year. Uh, Baltimore could always use more pass rush. They lost Matt, Matt Judon a few uh, uh, last offseason. They're losing Brandon Williams this offseason. They're losing Calais Campbell. So they'll need to retool. Dallas could use pass rushers and defensive linemen for sure. Uh, they were so depleted at pass rush that they needed their middle linebacker to play defensive end for half the season. Micah Parsons, he did really well, but ideally Dallas probably wants to get Micah back to linebacker and get somebody else that can blitz. Um, and then also Kansas city, I think could definitely use big time pass rusher on that defensive line to help them get after some quarterbacks, complement that strong offense. Philadelphia, I mentioned needs defensive line help and the New York giants as well are going to need defensive line help. Obviously other teams as well, but those are some of my top candidates. Uh, we'll keep moving. We'll get into some of these edge guys. Like I said, some of the similar positions here, but again, teams that need pass rushers, yeah, Philadelphia, Buffalo, New York giants, Dallas, Kansas city, Baltimore off the top of my head. Um, top available guys, Von Miller. Uh, he's a free agent. He got traded to the Rams. A lot of rumors right now that he's going back to Denver. If I had to predict that is what would happen. He, I think he loves Denver. He loves being there. He loves living there. He loves the culture. He loves the franchise. I think if it's up to him, he finishes his career in Denver and only has that little three month gap where he went to Los Angeles, won a Super Bowl, and then gets to come back to his homies. So Vaughn back to Denver. And then we've got Chandler Jones, probably the premier pass rusher on the free agency market out of Arizona. If they can't re-sign him, there's going to be a lot of teams, I think, begging for him. It's going to be, it's going to have to be a team with a lot of cap space off the top of my head here as I go to my cap listings. I mean, uh, the Panthers could use another pass rusher to help out Brian Burns on the other side. That'd be a big signing for them. Uh, Dallas, um, the Raiders, if they could get another pass rusher on the opposite side of Max Crosby, that'd be big for them. Uh, the Jets always like to spend money. Um, yeah, the Seahawks and the Colts also could probably use pass rushers. So I think any of those teams could make a big move. And like I said, Chandler Jones should get a lot of money this offseason, I would think. Keep going with the edge players. Hassan Reddick is an interesting linebacker. I think he's a guy that could get a decent contract but might not be too terribly expensive. I've seen the Eagles looking into him as far as the reports that I've followed. I'm, we need linebackers more than anything, so I would love that signing. Melvin Ingram is a free agent uh, coming off lackluster appearance with the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. K.J. Wright's another outside linebacker, edge rusher hybrid. Solomon Thomas, defensive end, edge rusher hybrid. And Anthony Barr, after a career in Minnesota, is hitting the free agency market. Those are the main guys, you know, Von Miller, Chandler Jones, Hassan Reddick, really the top three main guys. Melvin Ingram at this point might just be kind of a, uh, you know, con contrib contributing player, like a role player right now, not really a stud anymore. His time in Pittsburgh did not go well. And then we'll get to the pure linebackers. So there's a lot of teams that need linebacker help. Philly is at the top of the list. This is not just because I'm an Eagles fan. It's because the Eagles have the worst linebacking core in the NFL. It is a major priority for them this offseason. Uh, along with that, I mean, Miami has been listed in almost every category here. They've got a lot of money and they need some more help on defense. They just cut Kyle Van Noy a few weeks ago. So 
Um, Philly, Miami, Washington, Pittsburgh, Seattle, New York Jets, uh, the Rams, the Patriots, the Raiders, the Chiefs is a team that needs linebacker help. And I think they could bait, they could definitely make a play for one of these top guys. And then the Bengals and the Panthers I also have on my list. The top two, three guys there, I'll give you guys three guys at the top of my list for linebackers. It would be Bobby Wagner, uh, excuse me, Bobby Wagner, Dante Hightower, and Jordan Hicks most likely. Also, the Titans are losing both their inside linebackers and their good players. So, okay, Bobby Wagner, veteran from the Seahawks, first ballot Hall of Famer, most likely. He just got cut a couple days ago. We went over that on SGR 34. He will be the top guy on the market. He should get paid handsomely. I think it would be a great fit for the Chiefs and a mutual fit as far as Wagner wanting to go to a playoff contender and the Chiefs needing linebacker help to shore up that defense. Wagner to the Chiefs would be my top guess. Um, because I don't think he wants to go to any sort of rebuild or any sort of bubble team like Philly or Miami. Uh, and then, yeah, Dante Hightower, long career in New England. He's going to be an available free agent. He could be a very contributing piece. I think Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense if they want to get another guy in the middle of that 3-4 scheme, maybe Baltimore as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll just keep rattling off names. Jordan Hicks is a good coverage linebacker that the Arizona Cardinals had to cut for cap casualty. He started his career in Philly. Would be awesome to see him come back to Philly. Don't think he'll be a top-paid guy, but has potential to play like an elite coverage linebacker after a few strong seasons in Arizona. And uh, and then we'll get into some of the morning. I mentioned the Titans losing some guys. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown and uh, – or Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans are both starting linebackers that could play very well for other teams who are free agents. Devondre Campbell is a big free agent after a Pro Bowl season, all pro season with the Green Bay Packers. We'll see if they can re-sign him. And then we've got some more plug-and-play guys. Um, Leighton Vander Esch, former first-round pick from the Cowboys, is a free agent. Not sure if he'll get re-signed after they drafted and replaced him with uh, Micah Parsons. Uh, Anthony Hitchens, uh, available guy. Alex Anzalone, um, a cheap guy that you can get to be you know, a, a surface-level starter, uh, coming off a decent year uh, as the leading tackler for the Detroit Lions. Nick Vigil, kind of a plug-and-play guy, nothing special. Um, and then uh, Kyle Van Noy, who I mentioned got cut by the um, Dolphins. I think he's a, a great leader and a veteran presence that any team would be lucky to have in the linebacker room come to Philly. And A.J. Klein, another guy similar to Van Noy, been in the league a long time, can lead a defense. So a lot of these guys uh, have a lot to offer, I think. Linebacker position is uh, one where often you're, you're better off with a veteran, I think, uh, kind of the quarterback of that defense. And I think a lot of these guys could make some big impacts here on defenses. I want to wrap this up here. We're going to talk about the corners and safeties. I'm not doing any special teams. But uh, – We'll wrap it up with a secondary conversation. You know, everybody needs corners and a lot of teams need safeties. There's a lot of top corners. This is kind of a, this is a very stacked portion of the free agency um, market. So we'll get into the corners and some big names here. Stefan Gilmore, probably the top guy available, former defensive player of the year. Joe Hayden from the Steelers uh, coming off, you know, a great 10, 11 year career. He's a free agent. Kyle Fuller, free agent from the Denver Broncos, former Chicago Bear, really good player, still young, not going to get re-signed because they have too many other corners. Tavon Young from the Ravens, uh, Chris Harris, I think he was on the Chargers this past season, former Denver Bronco. Patrick Peterson, former or future Hall of Famer, uh, looking for possibly his third team in his career here. Bryce Callahan, really good slot corner from Denver. He's available as well. Jason Verrett, Kevin King from the Packers. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, another veteran, uh, maybe coming to the end of his career. Darius Williams is a good player. Not many people know from the L.A. Rams. He should get a decent deal. Jimmy Smith from the Ravens. J.C. Jackson, uh, maybe the top guy on the market ahead of Gilmore because he's younger. Uh, looks like the Patriots decided not to re-sign him, not to give him the franchise tag. Very interesting move. We've seen Bill Belichick take these corners from undrafted free agents and turn them into all pro players, and that's what he did with J.C. Jackson. Now it looks like he's going to try and find his next J.C. Jackson. So he should get a big deal. I'm hearing a lot of links between him and the uh, Los Angeles Chargers already. 
Casey Hayward, I think he was on the Chargers. Uh, no, he was on the Raiders this past season, but he's a free agent now. Mike Hughes from the Minnesota Vikings. Akilah Witherspoon from the Steelers. Steven Nelson from the Eagles. Traverius Ward from the Kansas City Chiefs. Eli Apple from the Cincinnati Bengals. And Carlton Davis is another top name that you should be aware of. Uh, leaving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looking for a big deal. I think he's only 24 years old and has had some really good seasons with Tampa Bay. Uh, teams that I have at the top of my list for needing corners, Arizona, Atlanta, Baltimore, Buffalo could use another corner on the opposite side of Trey White. I think that'd be a big move for their defense. Chicago, Dallas, Philly. Philly really needs a corner. We only have Darius Slay. We're losing Stephen Will, uh, Stephen Nelson. Um, if we can't draft someone with our, uh, three first round picks, as far as like a sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley, I'd love to pick up one of these, uh, you know, maybe a Callahan, maybe a Darius Williams, you know, maybe even a Jimmy Smith. I mean, one of these guys, Verrett, I would take. Tavon Young, I would take. Um, a lot of talent at this corner position, I think. You know, a lot of these guys can really contribute on defenses still. Um, so, yeah, and then, you know, Kansas City could use another corner. They're losing Traverius Ward. They might be losing Tyron Matthew as well. Uh, Las Vegas could use another corner. Uh, Minnesota, New England, Pittsburgh as well. Pittsburgh losing James Harden, excuse me, uh, Joe Hayden, um, as I've got my brain on the Sixers, and uh, New England losing J.C. Jackson. I mean, all these teams are going to need corners. So we'll see about that. I think, like I said, Carlton Davis, J.C. Jackson, perhaps Gilmore, uh, Kyle Fuller, they'll probably be the top paid guys. Um, you know, I like Darius Williams as a young guy. I like Bryce Callahan as a young guy. A lot of these other guys, that's probably looking for short term contracts and then let's wrap it up with the safeties guys uh, a lot of safeties i have combined strong and free safeties i'm not separating or distinguishing them you guys can suck it if you want more information uh top available free agent safety everybody knows tyron matthew big big uh pivotal move you know if if kansas city he's a great he's absolutely the focal point of that kansas city defense as far as leadership um, he's a very vocal leader. He's got a lot of gusto, and he makes plays. He's a turnover machine. He's a ball hawk. If the Chiefs lose him, that's big for that defense. He can make an impact on any defense in the league. Uh, I think Baltimore might be a good fit if uh, Kansas City cannot re-sign him. He would fit well in that culture and in that scheme. Devin McCourty also spending his entire career in New England. He's a free agent this offseason, and we'll see if Bill wants him back. Um, but it looks like Belichick and the Pats are looking to focus more on the offensive side of the ball, and they may have some defensive cap casualties this offseason. It'll be interesting to see if he winds up with a second franchise. One of the top guys I think is going under the radar on this uh, free agency market is Marcus May coming out coming out of his rookie contract with the New York Jets. He should get a decent contract, and I think it'll be well-deserved. I think he's a guy that can come in and be one of the better strong safeties in the league for a team uh, coming in the prime of his career at, I think, 25 years old. Uh, this other guy, uh, Marcus Williams, um, the other Marcus safety from the Saints, he's a good player as well. Uh, I, I see the Eagles linked to him a lot on social media. I would like that pickup. He's coming off his rookie deal as well, looking to get his first uh, big contract. Played well for the Saints uh, consistently, but they just uh, they have some other guys at the safety position who they're not looking to re-sign Williams right now with uh, C.J. Gartner-Johnson having a, a good breakout campaign with them on his rookie deal still. But Marcus Williams is a guy I think can get a decent contract and contribute as a starting uh, free safety. Quandre Diggs, another free safety that could get a massive deal this offseason coming from Seattle. I'm hearing a lot of teams interested in him. Rodney McLeod, the Eagles' strong safety, and Anthony Harris, the Eagles' free safety, both available. So, again, the Eagles, I think, will be a big player at the safety position. I think we re-sign McLeod. We don't re-sign Harris. And I would not be surprised to see us make a move at a Marcus May, Marcus Williams, Quandre Diggs-type player here to bring them in. Um, Keanu Neal is also a free agent coming out of Dallas after a one-year deal. Jabril Peppers, free agent. Daniel Sorison from the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, free agent. Tashawn Gibson is a free agent. I believe he was last with the Jags. 
Uh, Kareem Jackson is a free agent. Xavier Woods from the Dallas Cowboys, a free agent. Deron Harmon from the Detroit Lions. Jaquiski Tart from the San Francisco 49ers. Justin Reed is an under-the-radar guy who I would love to sign. Loved him in the combine. Loved him coming out into the NFL draft. Slipped further than I thought he would in the NFL draft. Would have loved Philly to draft him. He did not. Little brother of Eric Reed. More athletic, faster, better in coverage than Eric Reed. I think he's still got a lot to offer. Flew under the radar because he he was a Houston Texan, but I think he's a guy that if you want to save money and get a starter at the safety position, Justin Reed should probably be your number one target. I'm very excited about him, and he's a guy that nobody even knows his name. So that's what you listen to this uh, podcast for. You know, that's why you wait until minute 55 of this show to hear about the Justin Reed analysis. And then to wrap up, there are notable safeties available. Malik Hooker, Ronnie Harrison, and Jordan Whitehead are all on the market. That's a lot. Those are a lot of starting safeties, to be honest. So I think that's a very deep class as well. Like this last segment of corners and safeties, you can get a lot. I just named a lot of starting caliber players there. So, again, you know, I think this uh, class between the defensive line, the linebacker, you know, all the defense and O-line, in free agency and in the draft seem to be the strongest positions. So if you're a team that's looking to rebuild at wide receiver or running back or quarterback, it really is kind of a difficult offseason for you. And we're seeing that that's the main need of a lot of these teams looking to kind of uh, um, propel themselves into the upper echelon of, you know, Super Bowl contenders, playoff contenders, you know, perennial competitors in the NFL I think you need an offense to win in this modern NFL. And uh, a lot of the strengths in this uh, free agency class is in the defense. So it's interesting. We'll see how it plays out. You know, I've given you guys kind of uh, the best big picture look at this that I can. Obviously, I've been talking for an hour and it's a lot of information here. But uh, um, I wanted to at least get you guys this episode before legal tampering and the free agency period start this week. Legal tampering. Excuse me. Legal tampering actually kicks off uh, Monday the 14th at 12 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so less than 24 hours right now, um, teams are going to start negotiating contracts, and then players will be eligible to sign with new teams uh, by Wednesday the 16th at 4 p.m. Eastern. So that's your timeline for free agency. Uh, like I said, I still owe you guys a scouting combine breakdown. I will get that to you later this week, but there have just been so many headlines, so many trades, so many uh, potential you know, rumors and signings and things like that. And with free agency coming up, I just had to get this out first. So I hope you guys are enjoying these episodes. I hope you enjoy, um, you know, this, uh, you know, access of information that I'm spouting at you here this time of year. But uh, like I said, I love the off season. I love uh, tracking where these names go. So um, good luck to your team. I hope you guys got some money to spend. I know I've got a couple Green Bay Packers fans that listen to this show. And, uh, yeah, I'm wishing you guys the best of luck trying to figure out that 49 mil here that you're sitting with. 43 mil, it looks like. Um, but, yeah, like I said, the salary cap doesn't matter. So chances are the Packers go and sign everybody. That's it, guys. I'm done with this episode. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you later this week as I try and break down the combine and uh, you know stay up to date with whatever's going on, big signings, trades, things like that. We'll keep our eyes on uh, Deshaun Watson and Jimmy Graham, or excuse me, Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, other than that, you know, we'll keep on chugging along throughout this offseason. Thanks again, guys. Ramble on, and I will talk to you later.